Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 160, Mindfulness for Being Present. It's December 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. My music is by Howie Moskovich. Mindfulness or being present. This is a very rich topic. If you're not familiar with it, I think you will enjoy it once you once you wrap your mind around it. For starters, if you're new to my content, please visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway. I will not be having the winners picked until 2024 and the prizes will not go out until 2024 simply because I'm still recovering from my nearly fatal car accident and I I have limited uh, mobility and I have bigger problems. (laughs) But also while you're there, download my free emotional processing workbook, which is right on the right hand side below the Newsweek logo. Now, mindfulness. This may be a very new idea to you. And or, or and the other terminology for mindfulness prior to mindfulness became the term is being present. Mindfulness or being present, whichever term you like, has its roots in Buddhist and Hindu teachings, making it extremely ancient. <laughs> this is an ancient idea, people. So many of the ideas I'm bringing to life in podcast form are old. They're, they are old, like as in the beginning of time, because many of the problems and issues we face as human beings have been around since the beginning of time. Now, mindfulness as a term was, became popular or has become popular as a result of John Kabat-Zinn, who studied the practices of mindfulness under, interestingly enough, several Buddhist teachers. Then when he was a professor at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, In sometime around the late 70s, he developed a stress reduction program to address or to treat chronic pain. Now, his program is Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. So that's Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, or MBSR, is what he called it. That idea and his his work has become pivotal, pivotal in therapeutic medicine and has been integrated into different types of therapies. So this is an old idea. It's nothing new. Uh, We're thankful that uh, uh, Mr. Zabitzin has made it more popular. Now we have many people who are aware of mindfulness. It's even a a hashtag. Uh, The less, I think, common vernacular is being present, which is what I learned of it back in the day. So what is mindfulness? Well, as a word, mindfulness is a noun. Number one, it means the state or quality of paying attention, intentional, purposeful. And number two, a heightened awareness. So that's the definition 
of mindfulness from the dictionary. Now, psychology today defines mindfulness as a state of active, open attention to the present, the state of observing one's thoughts and feelings without judging them as good or bad. So I do like the psychology today definition because it has the reference to the state of being present. And if you look at present, just to circle on the definitions, present in the dictionary means at or during this time now, like now. So we could define mindfulness as being in the moment right here, right now, paying attention to one's thoughts, feelings, emotions, the situation, etc., without judging things as good or bad. And that's not something that most people do. So what are the benefits of mindfulness? Well, you know, if something has been taught and passed on through generations, there has to be significant value and significant value. I'm going to offer you an aggregated list of the benefits of being mindful, being mindful or mindfulness or being present. Number one, it can help you avoid or reduce self-criticism. Number two, it can help you avoid or reduce self-judgment. Three, it can help identify and manage difficult emotions. Four, it can help you possibly improve relationships. Five, it decreases depression and anxiety. Six, it improves memory. Seven, it lowers stress. Eight, it lowers blood pressure. Nine, it may improve sleep. Ten, it may help people with chronic pain and cope with pain, as we see from uh, our uh, professor's work. It can help make you healthier and help make you have healthier choices. It can help your mental health symptoms. It will help help you feel connected to others. It can help you if you're recovering from an illness. It can enhance learning and possible improved and possibly improve academic success. It is protective for impacts of bullying. Now that's very interesting. There's a, some good research in PubMed on the mindfulness or being present being uh, helpful if there's been bullying. Uh, multiple sources on that. It's got great benefits for work. Too many. I got lazy and didn't list them all. <laughs> because I was already at 17. And it increases neuroplasticity of the brain. So that's 18 benefits of being present, being in the moment right here, right now, or being mindful. Noticing your thoughts and opinions and judgments and, and not, you know, judging them or, you know, evaluating them as good or bad, just really being in the moment. So what's the opposite of mindfulness then? What's the opposite of being present? Because this is where I would suspect and, and assert the majority of the population is. Well, number one, you're in your head. So you're, wherever you're doing, you're in your head, you're having all these thoughts. Number two, that can mean look like overthinking, brooding, ruminating, catastrophizing. If you're engaging in overthinking, brooding, ruminating, catastrophizing, you're not being in the moment right here, right now. You're in your head judging and assessing whatever happened or whatever situation you're brooding or overthinking or ruminating about. Uh, number three, Figuring out what you're going to say next in the conversation when someone else is speaking. That's the polar opposite of being mindful or being present. You know, when people do this, it's like someone's talking about their trip to Alaska. And the other person is in their head thinking, 
oh, what trip did I go on? Or, you know, and, and they're like ready to like jump in and tell their story. That's not being present. Judging, assessing, criticizing, or condemning someone else in your head while they're talking is clearly not being present or mindful. Having your mind wander when you're with someone or in a group, or you're thinking about something other than what is happening in the moment, like you're thinking about what you have to do tomorrow or thinking about something that happened last night, you're not in the moment right here, right now. And lastly, number six, thinking negatively about yourself when you're with someone or with a group. That would be negative self-talk. And that would not be being with the people that you are with. Even though you're just doing negative self-talk about yourself, it's still not being present. It's not. So <clears throat> what what is it like? What is it like to be mindful or to be present? I will kind of give you my experiences because as I learned, I learned probably around somewhere in the vicinity of 2008, 2009. I was with a group of people in California and they were talking about this idea of being present. I'm not sure that the mindfulness term had caught on then. I don't know when that caught on, but I don't think it was, it was huge like it is now. Anyway, they were talking about being present and I came over to the table where I had been sitting and said, oh, what is being present? And they all laughed because I am present all the time. It's like I walk around and do life being present, but I didn't have the distinction or the concept of being present. So I had no literal idea what they were talking about. They were roaring. And then they, I made them explain to me, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? And, and in the time since 2008, 2009, it's been a mind blow blowing experience to me to think about this idea of not being present, like, like thinking about not like just the whole idea is, is foreign to me because that's not how I do life. And I didn't know. So I have a lot of experience of being present and here are some of the things that I have experienced as someone who is very well practiced in being mindful or present. Number one, when you're present, when you're in the moment, you're in the moment right here, right now, being with someone, doing what you're like, whatever the situation is, time stands still. It's, it's magical. It's like, it's like a time warp. Number two, you will have magical and memorable conversations and experiences with people because you are simply right here, right now with them, being with them. It's amazing. It's rich. It is unbelievable. So to give you an example of what does that look like in real life, you could have a three hour lunch with someone and it will seem literally like 20 minutes. Or you could be on the phone with someone for two hours and it will seem like a 10 or 15 minute phone call. You will not have the distinction of time passing because you're in the moment right here, right now. To have the distinction of time passing, you would have to be paying attention to the time. So I'm not saying if you had a three hour lunch, you wouldn't necessarily ever look at the time while you're having lunch. Or I'm not saying that if you were on the phone with someone for an extended period, you might not notice, oh, we've been on the phone a while, but you'd be right back in the moment. And it would be after the fact that you're like, wow, we talked on the phone for five hours or wow, we talked on the phone for two hours or wow, that was a three hour lunch. I can't believe it. 
So you are simply being with another person, <coughs> another person or people, and you could just be totally absorbed in whatever's happening in the moment. It is beautiful. It is amazing. It is lovely. It is beyond spectacular. It is just, it is just so incredibly magical. And, uh, you know, it would take practice if you didn't like become that way when you were younger. We don't know how, I, we don't know how I, uh, how I arrived at that, this way of being, although we're fairly certain it was, you know, at a, at a young age. So let's talk about if you wanted to dive into being present or being mindful, what are some actions or steps that you could take that would help you move into that? Because I would really love for you to move into this because what is more precious than spending time with someone or, or just being so engaged in something that time stands still? I don't know. Like, I mean, time stands still when I'm working on my podcasts or content because I really do enjoy it. And uh, although this was not my choice, I did not say, oh, yes, you know, pick me for this. Uh, it's perfect for me. It's perfect for me. And I do like love it because making people happy and helping people become happy is just it's a huge uh, inspiration for me. All right. So here's my suggestions for to help you move from wherever you are to being present and mindful and mindful. Number one. Well, one aspect that will help you immensely is learning to control your mind. Now that also has been discussed and written about since the very beginning of time. I, I promise you. So <clears throat> I do have a podcast titled uh, learning to control your mind that will help you. But there are many actions and steps you can take. There's more than one way to learn to control your mind. So the kind of the overall umbrella of moving towards being present and or mindful is to learn to control your mind. For some of you, not everyone, but for some of you, you are experts at ruminating, brooding, overthinking, catastrophizing, and negative thinking. If you're an expert at catastrophizing, overthinking, ruminating, brooding, this will be require, in my opinion, more effort for you. Now, if you make up your mind, hey, dang it, dang it, I'm going to be mindful, dang it, I'm going to be present, like it will happen very quickly for you. But you, one, for starters, learn to control your mind. And I do talk about in my podcast, there's a number of ways to do that. There's not just one way. All right, number two. Your emotions are front and center in this topic because it's your emotions. So it's partially your thinking, but it's also your emotions that take you out of being present, that take you out of being in the moment, that distract you from the moment. And sometimes it might be somebody says something and you're instantly angry or instantly annoyed or upset or, you know, you have some reaction you know, whatever, your emotions are learning to control your emotions, manage and process and identify them are pivotal, pivotal to being mindful or present because you could just see in what I just said, if you're like just sitting there being in the moment, being present, being mindful with some friend or whomever, and they say something that triggers you or makes you mad or whatever, then, then, boom, you might be right out of the being in the moment and right in your emotions. That's typically what happens or frequently what happens. So 
go to my website, download my free emotional processing workbook and start tackling this. You will never regret learning how to manage and process your emotions. No, you won't regret it. It will help you in every area of your life. It will help your mental and emotional health skyrocket because this is one reason people don't have emotional and mental health is they don't, they don't have this ability. And it's sad we're not teaching this, but what I talk about in my emotional workbook, my emotional processing workbook, is the things that you do in your mind. What's out on the web is the things you do in real life, in the, in the, in the, in the world like punch a pillow, rip up a paper, draw a picture, talk to a friend. Those are all great suggestions, but they're not what you do in your mind and in your head. So my opinion about this is either you're in control of your emotions, like you know how to identify them, manage, process, regulate your emotions, or they are in control of you. Or, or there's some, there's some in between ground, of course, it's not black or white, but typically if you don't have emotional skills and this, it's not just identifying your emotions, but it's how to manage and process them and also to be able to regulate yourself. So go learn that, go do that. That will be an obstacle to being present if you don't have a good facility with your emotions. My next suggestion, number three, is add a segment of time, maybe five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day, where you are either meditating or you are doing some type of practice, some type of action or activity that supports you in developing this skill. Now, what you could do is you could take your spouse or your significant other or your parent or your sibling or your friend or your coworker, and you could say, let's have a small chat. Let's set the timer for five minutes and let's see if we can just be present and really practice it. Even if they're not interested, they might be willing to help you. I don't know, but find some way to practice it. And it doesn't, if you don't have someone, you could practice meditation or you know, some other facility, but that would be a, a very good suggestion. It, it would probably, I'm going to guess it would probably feel very uncomfortable maybe for you in the beginning. It's hard to say, but that's number three. Number four, if it were me. Now, some of you will not agree with this and it's okay. You don't have to agree with everything I say, but I would, I tell people when I'm working on something, if I want support. So for example, when I was working on taming my inner critic, I mean, I had really healthy uh, standalone self-esteem, but I didn't know I had this little inner critic and that, that would pop up every, every once in a blue moon. So when I was working on taming my inner critic, I asked my kids and a couple of my friends to really support me and call me out if they heard me saying anything negative about myself. And that was highly effective, very especially effective with my children. They were young, they enjoyed it. They, they thought it was kind of fun. So that is my suggestion. You may not, that may not work for you. And if you have people in your circle that just want to see you lose, probably not, then that's probably not a good idea. But if you have people who love you, want to see you win, maybe that would be an idea for you. Now, number five, if you engage in negative thinking, ruminating, brooding, overthinking, catastrophizing, my suggestion would be that you double down and, and really put a little focus on the negative thinking aspect which because for some people who engage in negative thinking, they also do the catastrophizing, overthinking, ruminating, brooding, it becomes a runaway train. 
it is almost as if they're caught in a swirling vortex and they cannot get themselves out for some people, not for everybody. I do have a podcast uh, about negative thinking got you down. A lot of my content will help you. Certainly learning to control your mind, that podcast will help you. Uh, Certainly negative thinking got you down will help you. But if you are someone who does engage in negative thinking and or overthinking, brooding, ruminating, catastrophizing, you would be very, very, you would do very, very well to get that handled because that is not good for your mental health. My next suggestion, number six, is self-awareness. Self-awareness is amazing and sadly lacking in society. I do have a podcast about uh, self-awareness, but this is part of being mindful or being present is you have to bring a heightened level of self-awareness to you, to your life, to every aspect of your life. It's like you're going to wake up and start noticing and observing you, yourself, you doing life and people, it's, it's it like, like, like you just uh, are looking through a kaleidoscope or you've got a new pair of lenses and now you can see the world clearly. Just really pick that level of self-awareness, wherever it is, like boost it up. It's got to be very high. Number seven, self-compassion. Oh my heavens, people, please be gentle on yourself. I, I have to tell you, some of you guys are so mean to yourselves. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. You're just like really, really mean to yourself. You're really mean to yourself. Knock that off. Bring self-compassion. Be gentle with yourself. That will help you in all areas of life. Number eight, celebrate yourself for making the effort. Like if you're listening to my podcast or you're listening to this podcast clearly, like give yourself a little reward, pat yourself on the back, man. Like not everybody is going to get engage in self-improvement. Not everyone is going on a journey for personal growth and personal development, but you're listening to a podcast. So you should at least get a reward for that. Pat yourself on the back. Like it's time for you to start saying, yeah, you know what? She's right. I'm a really good person. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a good person. You are a good person. If you're not, go fix that. If you're not a good person, hmm, go handle that. All right, number nine, create a magical future for yourself and get to work on it. Oh, this one I love. I know. <laughs> I do have a podcast about this, creating a, a magical life or something beautiful. Actually, most of my podcasts will support you in doing this. This is not how most people do life. Most people, you know, they, they go to work or they have their, they go to work and they have their family or if they're a stay-at-home mom, they're taking care of the kids. They're not actively, actively engaging in, oh, what goals are we going to set for the new year? Oh, what goals are we going to set as a family? What goals are we setting individually? What are the things we would love to do? What are the things we as a family or we as a couple or, you know, whatever, me and my posse of friends, what, like, this is not usually how people do it. And if you haven't been doing this for decades or years and years, you might not have any idea how amazing, how magical, how utterly powerful this is. This is power, people. This is you engaging in creating your life, saying, oh yes, I'm having like I'm having the world change where people start being nice to themselves, where people bring love and affection into their lives, where people understand what good mental health is and what the components of good mental health are, and the world is happier, and the world is healthier. Like, that's the magical part. That's part of the magic I'm creating. 
And I love that. Like, I love the idea of more love and affection being present in the world. And I absolutely love the idea of people being happier and healthier. I do. I already have that, people. <laughs> I don't need help with that. Uh, now, I am creating that I'm going to have an amazing, you know, great man in my life. <laughs> so that's for me. It's also a good reason to get a bunch of work done now before he shows up. But start doing this. This really will put things in perspective. If you start doing this, your tolerance for BS will go down. Your tolerance for drama and all kinds of you know negative things will maybe not completely disappear, but it will it will almost disappear because you're committed to creating this magical, amazing life for yourself. And you don't have to. I mean, you can just drift through life. You can do life however you want. I'm suggesting this will help you be in being mindful or being present. If you really say, you know what? Yeah, when was the last time I spent 10 minutes planning goals for my future, for next year, for five years? Like, you know, I don't know. It's not, I understand well, it's not what people do. I'm a life coach. I get it. But it's what you could do. It's what would be powerful for you. All right, number 10, eliminate distractions where you can. So that, to give you some examples, that means you're not going to look at your phone. You're not doing something else while you're talking to someone. And the, the practice here to bring being present and mindful into this suggestion would be to start noticing distractions, start noticing what takes you away from being in the moment, from being present. And you might have to make some changes so that you're not distracted. Like years ago, I realized I really, there were very few things I could do while I was talking on the phone that weren't distracting. Like I couldn't really cook because if I had to measure an ingredient, that took away my focus. I could take things out of the oven without really losing focus. I, I was still present. But there was, very, there was actually not a lot that I could do uh, and be present. So start to notice what takes you away from being mindful or being present, and then make changes accordingly. Number 11, when possible, if you're with people, if you're in person with people or on a Zoom call, uh, be present with them. Be Make eye contact. Like, look them straight in the eye and, and do your eye contact, which is very helpful. Uh, I, I know that there are people who have issues with eye contact because of the way they're organized or they might have, you know, they might be on the spectrum or whatnot. Or they may just be deeply introverted and have had a hard, horrible life and it's hard for them. But, but if that's the case and you can try it and you can start doing that, that would be helpful. I'm not saying if you're on the spectrum that, that you should do that. I, I'm not, I'm educated on spectrum disorders, but not educated enough to say what to do about that. So I don't know. Um, number 12, if you really want to be successful in being mindful or being present, my big suggestion other than the other ones would be to start lightening up and be able to laugh at yourself. Like this is really cool, people, to be able to laugh at yourself. I did I did a podcast yesterday where I announced I was a new concept. I was doing mini podcasts. And the the podcast that I announced that in I announced this is going to be a mini podcast. And then it went, I went on and on for a regular full-length podcast. So it wasn't a mini podcast, which I recognized during the podcast. 
but I did not go back and delete what I had said or change it. Well, for a number of reasons. One, I, I don't believe in being a perfectionist or trying to be a perfectionist in any way. And number two, <laughs> I thought I found, I found humor in the fact that I had announced I was doing a mini podcast that turned into a regular podcast. I, I, I was laughing about that after the podcast and I'm still laughing about it. But lighten up. That will help you. Lighten up. Lighten up. And I do have a podcast that will help you with that. Number 13, Bring love and affection into your life because it doesn't have to be romantic people. It can be platonic or it can be both uh, because it will help you feel better and, and give you more, hopefully more pleasure and happy times. And it's very good for you. Now, if love and affection is not your thing, that may be because of childhood adverse experiences or childhood trauma or adult trauma. That might be a good indicator that healing is is what would be appropriate for you. But love and affection, we know from the research, is highly valuable for human beings. It's one of the most, according to Marion Diamond, who is the mother of neuroplasticity of the brain, love is perhaps one of the most valuable intentional experiences human beings can have. So that whatever you're up to, Bringing love and affection into your life is is never going to hurt you. Now, it might hurt hurt you if you if you if you end up with a con man or a con woman. Uh, but in general, assuming you get up, you hook up with people who are good people, it's not going to hurt you. Uh, you know, and it does involve risk. But at any rate, I really sincerely, most sincerely hope you will dip your big toe or your foot or up to your knee in this whole mindfulness and being present concept because it is actually it's spectacular it's very spectacular very rich very amazing and i know if you will give it a whirl i mean give it a decent world don't just try once and say oh it's terrible listen when i started to teach my kids how to play racquetball they were young um and they of course didn't do great because it's it's a it's not the easiest sport. Uh, they wanted to give up. And I said, no, you just can't give up like that. You have to try three or five or, you know, whatever times. And I kept taking them back to the racquetball courts. And then eventually they caught on and they're like, oh yeah, this is okay. Right? So don't quit right away. Don't give up right away. Um, give it a whirl. Give it a good, decent whirl. And I think you'll find that it's just, it's really miraculous. All right. That's all for now. Love you. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 160, Mindfulness or Being Present. I certainly hope you're going to engage in some practices to help yourself become more present or be mindful. It's amazing. It's very rich. I know you will enjoy it, even though it might feel a little uncomfortable. Please share this podcast on social media so we can help other people become more mindful or present. And as always, I do love you. I hope you're doing well. Hang in there for now.